This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hello and welcome to Pop Vouchers, a pop culture podcast by The Straits Times. My name is Jen Lee and that's Yosem Jo. Hello! And today in the studio we have a very, very special guest. Yes. All the way from Topayo North, <laughs> Cheryl Hi! Hi, I'm so Cheryl. Cheryl. Tell us more about yourself. Well, I'm a journalist at the news desk. Yes. I cover environment news. Yes, so basically very far lots from this. of plastic, but in a different climate change. sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so climate change, waste management, all the yes. glamorous yes. stuff. Glamorous yes. stuff. <laughs> but Important that's not stuff. why you're here today. Yes, today I'm here to talk about J-pop. Um, so, okay, just a little bit of context here, okay? I'm the Arashi fan. Arashi is a J-pop boy band that recently announced an indefinite hiatus. I'll be talking a little bit about them. And Cheryl is the J-pop fan. Yes, yes. I'm a J-pop fan. I've been Tell listening me. to them since I was like 16. Like J-pop. Like groups. J-pop in general. J-pop so, in general, okay. Yeah, Tell Ayumi me your favourite favorite song. Well, it's a song for by Yumi Hamasaki. It's called For. It's a song for. The oh, title is oh, A Song okay, For. okay, A Song it's, For. Okay, it's so okay. weird, but it's depressing and uplifting at the same time. <laughs> how is that possible? Okay, yeah, how is well, that Well, I don't know how it's possible, but she's a goddess. Okay. So yes, maybe that's it. Ayumi Hamasaki is a queen. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Basically, I'm so off pitch, but well, <laughs> got very excited when you mentioned Ayumi Hamasaki because she's a queen. We stand a queen, you know. When you love Ayumi Hamasaki, I mean, personally, I'm a Namie fan, but mm. Namie, I'm real fan. But of course, I respect. I give Ayumi all the respect I have. I am just yes. looking at two of you. I recognize these names, but I have no idea what you're talking about other than that. Hey, Ayumi Hamasaki basically revolutionized hair dye trends. I understand. Yes, I understand. Yeah, uh, but. J-pop is just such a huge blind spot in my in your life, um, entertainment yeah. knowledge, you mm-hmm. know. So that's why we have Cheryl with us here today. Yes, because she is a J-pop guru. <laughs> I feel like she lives and breathes J-pop. Even yes. her Tumblr like screams J-pop to me. Yes, yeah. there's Sakura flowers in it. <laughs> okay, okay, I yes. see. Okay, so what exactly are we going to talk about today? What can I expect as this like J-pop noob, okay? Mm-hmm. So today, we're going to be diving a little bit into Arashi and the impending hiatus, that indefinite hiatus, which they recently announced why it's such breaking news, why it signifies the end of an era, the whole idea of Japan basically inventing the Asian boy band model and how much J-pop music has influenced the entire Asian music industry, you know, other than Ayumi Hamasaki and Nami Amro, so many other acts have influenced the Asian music industry in particular. So I'm the Arashi fan, so I'm going to be giving all you a little knowledge about Arashi. Even though I know Cheryl knows Arashi and loves Arashi. Yes, Cheryl, I do, I do. tell me your favourite member, man. Well, it's Matsumoto Jun. Oh, oh my god, that's my favourite member! <laughs> oh, as people call him, it's Matsujun. Matsujun, yes! Yes, he's so cute and basically his features are like chiseled yes, from the so gods. Yes. yes, so he's part of the five-member band. Yeah, the five-member group that is Arashi, yes. And he starred as Don Ryuji Oh my god, Don Yes! As part of the F4, <laughs> yes. the Flower 4. Yes, Hana in Hanayori Dango. Yes. For those uninitiated, Hanayori Dango is Boys Over Flowers, which some of you might better know as Liu Sing Hua Yuan, okay? Oh, oh, Meteor yes. Garden. Meteor Garden. Yes. Meteor Garden. Yes. It was first the Japanese manga, then made into the Taiwanese live adaptation, then the Japanese live adaptation, then the South Korean, Korean live yes, adaptation. Yeah. 
Chinese live adaptation, then finally the new Japanese, Japanese yes. reiteration. They have a new story, yeah, but it's set in the same school. Okay, must say so earlier lah. Y'all just started screaming like, ah! I know, I know what was happening. I was like, help me. Come on, Liu Xinghua Yuan. Everyone knows. Yeah, I get it. He was the Tao Ming Si character. He was the Tao Ming Si character, yes. I see, the handsome so, one. Okay. The handsome one, thank you. Right. So, basically, Arashi is a five-man group that debuted in 1999. So, they're 20 years old now. So, Matsujun is a little bit older than most K-pop boy banders. Yeah, okay, but... Never mind, he's still beautiful to me, okay? So they announced their hiatus as a group, you know, late January this year. So they've been around active for 20 years, one of the best-selling groups in Japan. So this really came as a shock, like it was such a sudden announcement, you know. But basically, member and leader Ono Satoshi said he wanted to take some time away from the spotlight, you know, explore a life away from the entertainment industry. And I respect that and I empathize with that. But still, I shed some tears in my bed, lah. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Cheryl, did you, did cry, you cry? cry? I mean, I cried a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't know when they're gonna be back. I mean, yeah, yeah. Now he gets to do things that normal people do mm-hmm. which is great being, for him yeah, yeah. I mean instead mm-hmm. of being under the microscope all the time but mm, still right. sad to not know when they're coming back yeah and so, they've been such a fundamental group la, yeah so I don't understand why you're so sad like okay so for me like I said I'm a J-pop noob but mm-hmm. from your perspective you know two girls who or two women who yes, were women. girls listening to J-pop and now have grown into mm-hmm. very lovely ladies but who are still such fangirls why are they so big tell me more about Arashi right? so Arashi you know as I say debuted in 1999 they had a big debut in Hawaii. And then... Hawaii? Uh, in Hawaii, of all places, on a <laughs> ship. Like, they were waving their hands and singing their theme song, you know. Uh, Damn, O-T-T. Arashi, yeah, which is, you know, You are my soul, so it's mosugu so bani aru. So it was a bop, yes, Yeah, it's a bop. Yeah. Arashi, Arashi, for dream. They were doing that, like, okay, in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah Jen was doing all the moves. Like, yeah, I'm know. doing all the moves right they, now. They did the backflips and everything. Yeah, they right? did the backflips and everything. So they sold very well, the first single, then sort of died down a little bit. Sales declined for like a good five, six years there. So they weren't doing that great. But then Matsujun started in, Matsumoto Jun started in Hanayori Dango and they yes. sang all the theme songs for Hanayori Dango 1, the sequel, and then the movie. So they really, their popularity kicked off from there. It was like, Wish, Love So Sweet, One Love. These are the three songs that coupled the drama and all did extremely well and propelled them to national idol level. And when I say national idol, I mean national idols. They are the faces of quintessentially Japanese brands like Japan Airlines, the Japan Postal Service, Nintendo, Hitachi, Nissan. These are brands that are so quintessentially wow. Japanese and they endorse all of them and they even endorse like Ajinomoto Frozen Foods. I mean, who <laughs> yeah. endorses Ajinomoto? Sakurai Show yeah. does. Sakurai Show, my so love. They were just ubiquitous like, everywhere. Yeah. If right, you stay in, in Tokyo, which I did actually for a few years, if you stay in Tokyo, if you live in Japan basically, you cannot miss out on Arashi. They are everywhere. They are on posters, on banners, on trains on airplanes for god's sakes and products that you buy at the supermarket so really they are national idols you know and I heard they have a lot of fans as well they have a lot of fans they have over 2.5 million members in their fan club and you need like a Japanese address to join their fan club okay it's not just random you go and register with your email and you can get in one it's 2.5 million members hey, Singapore has only like 5.6 million people yeah so that's what so one. that's 1 in 3 people are in Arashi's <laughs> fan club imagine your family got 6 people right 2 of them are in Arashi's fan club that's Which how understandable for me it's so. understandable for me <laughs> la, yeah. but that's how big they are you know right. and their hiatus broke it was really very shocking because there was no indication that they were going to go on a break they were extremely still very very best selling you know they top charts consistently 
they were very active, did all their regular programs. They host two regular programs and the members actually do individual variety program shows as well. And all of that was still going on. And there was no whispers, no, you know, side whispers of like, oh, they don't seem to be doing very well. Usually there are like fights and disputes Mm. over money. But Mm. in this case, there wasn't. They were all still very very friendly, very active. Very united as a group. They were still putting out music. They were still putting out music. So So it was a shock when they just came out and said, you know what, at the end of 2020, by December 31st, 2020, we are going to be taking a long indefinite hiatus. It's not a disbandment. But we are going to let Ono have time to explore what he wants to do. And the rest of us will go on with our entertainment career, although not under the banner of Arashi. And they said it was because Arashi has to be five members. If I, it's not the five of us, then it's not Arashi. Right, they're not going to do like a Spice Girls yeah, without no, no, Victoria no. kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So that's why it was really a big shock lah. Okay, I see. Well, so there's hope. Okay, I can see that you guys, you two of you, so sad yes. like that. Ayo, okay, okay. There's hope that they can come back. You all better try and see them before December. Don't talk about. Oh, we have one more year. Jen, we have Maybe one more year. Maybe they will have a farewell concert or something. I can't. Right? I cannot. Sorry. Anyway, if you guys out there are enjoying this episode of Pop Vultures so far, please find us on the Streets Times podcast channel, iTunes. Google Podcasts or Spotify. Give us a like and rate us. Alright, back to our show now. We are talking about J-pop, Arashi and the J-pop industry in general. And we have with us our very special guest, Cheryl Tay. Journalist come J-pop guru. They didn't they just pick me off the street. I'm actually a journalist <laughs> yeah, in the yeah, street yeah. style. We never just <laughs> grab anybody off from the MRT station, that kind. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so... Cheryl, why don't you tell us a little bit, you know, about why Arashi's hiatus signifies the end of an era and a little bit more about their company, Johnny and Associates. Well, I mean, not many people know about this, but mm-hmm. Arashi is the last boy band or the last group in Johnny and Associates to make it as big as they have mm-hmm. under the J&A model. So what exactly is this yeah, J&A? J&A is Johnny and, and Associates. Yeah, Johnny um, and Associates. For those, again, uninitiated, Johnny and Associates is a, a giant entertainment yeah. company in Japan that only produces male idols. So, so it's yeah. like SM in the, Korea, in YG Korea. and JYP all together, but yes. only with boy groups. I mean, yeah, hmm. it makes sense there. But Slightly yeah. sexist. Hmm. A little bit, just a little bit. Very <laughs> sexist. Not that you're complaining, come on. Well, Not complaining, but... <laughs> yeah. We love our boys, so yes. But the first Asian boy band started by Johnny Kitagawa, the CEO or granddaddy of Of Johnny and Associates, Mm -hmm. was started in 1962. Meaning their members are what, in their 70s now? 70s. In fact, one of them has died of um, heart which disease, is, if I'm not wrong. Which is oh. really sad. I mean, oh. he, he died in his 50s or something. 1962, that means like same era as the Beatles and the all that. The same era as the Beatles, yeah. Wow. They are in their 70s. Yeah, yeah. the wow. same age as her parents for some yeah. of us. They were same called Johnnies. Yeah, they, they were, were just called Johnnies. Named after yes. himself. Very narcissistic, right? A little yeah. bit. Yes. He created his own little like army of Japanese yeah. teenage boys. No, uh, we, let's not around. touch that. Let's not touch that. Okay. okay. So for okay. the Johnny's model, right? They actually have a model of running their agency. Yeah. They have zero social media presence. Yes. Meaning no Instagram, no Facebook, no <gasps> no YouTube. Yeah. There are no everything that you can get of Arashi or other big Johnny groups on the internet is all illegal. Exactly. Yeah. Sounds like hell. Like no Instagram, no Facebook. Come on. Yeah. No Instagram, no Facebook, no YouTube videos, Do no they streaming. Even exist. No streaming. They exist in physical CD I mean, they sales. might be holograms. We don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> and there's even a copy 
copyright on a member's face, yeah. on all their faces. So like you have to pay money to use it. Wow. It's, it's yeah. insane. And they can't accept gifts or give out signatures or autographs. Like they, they are normal people basically. Wow. They're yeah. like so, so tightly on a controlled. different level altogether. So it's quite tightly They're tightly regulated and tightly controlled. Mm-hmm. So their image is regulated only by the company and by the company alone. Yeah. Fascinating. But they, have, but they are very active. La. They have, you know, radio programs. They have variety programs. They even uh, Sakurai Show, who is a member of Arashi, does news casting as well. So you see them all the time, which is why you don't forget them, even though they're not on the internet. Yeah, you see them on all traditional forms of media, basically. You know, can you tell us why this model worked, Cheryl? I mean, this model worked because the Japanese buy CDs. Yeah. And when you buy CDs, that's where the revenue rolls in. There's a Tower Records store in Tokyo that's three stories high. You don't see that anywhere in the world now. Yeah. And I mean, Tower yeah. Records like left Singapore a long time ago. Yeah. Were they yeah. ever Super in Singapore? Old. I don't know who still walks into CD stores, man. Yeah. I mean, I do occasionally, but for it's, like yeah. one or two in five years. Yeah, So exactly. it doesn't really work out in other countries, but in Japan it does. It's sold mm-hmm. in bookstores as well. And people buy merchandise as well. Fans consume things mm-hmm. as part of the company's marketing process. Which so, is how they make money, lah, yeah. basically. Yeah. Is that why like artists and musicians always have like the Japanese edition CD? Yeah, yeah, that's why. Know? That's why all yeah. the K-pop groups release Japanese edition of their CDs and Japanese songs because they want to sell their physical CD in Japan because right. Japan is where you can sell the physical and CDs. And certain singles or so, I know like you know, even Western artists or so, certain singles, they will only have it on the Japanese side. Yeah, exactly. on the Japanese yes. side. Yeah, yes. so, mm-hmm. so unfair. Back then, the pre-Spotify days, so you're like, damn it, I can't like, you know, get that, you can't hear that uh, yeah, song. If you don't want to pay for the physical CD, they are not <laughs> going to cater to you. So Japan pays for the physical CD, so they cater to Correct. you. Correct. No, the thing is like, last time I want to buy the physical CD but I don't have Japanese edition, must go to Jap- must fly to Japan to get a Japanese CD, yeah. you know? Last time no Amazon. Ma. Yeah, you think it's Jeff Bezos, can fly come on. to Japan anytime I want. <laughs> okay, I mean, anyway. Going Arashi back, going back. Spotify. Yes, Arashi and Nami Omoro are not on Spotify. Yeah. Meaning you can only get their songs if you buy in their CD CDs. form. Yeah. Wow. So it's really the end of an era and f- just based on this fact that... Yeah, and because Johnny and Associates is starting to realise that they cannot go on like this, so recently, like last year, they created their very first YouTube channel for Johnny Juniors, which are groups that have been formed but not officially debuted under the banner lah. So they are starting to realise that they can't do this anymore lah. So very likely, Arashi is going to be the last group that makes it as big as they have on such a national level without social media. Amazing, yeah. yeah. Mm. I mean, can you imagine getting so popular without social media? Like now you need social media, it's like almost mm-hmm. like a crutch for, for everyone trying to make it big. Yeah. yeah. And they pretty much invented the whole idea of the boy band, the right? Boy yeah. band. Yes, Other I mean, than what we were talking about, Johnny's Shonen Tai for one. Cheryl, yes. come on. So for example, Shonen Tai debuted in 1985 mm-hmm. and the members are like in their 50s now them good looking still they defined what Asian boy bands look like for example the little tigers is openly modeled after Shonen Tai and now K-pop groups are in that same mode as well they are doing the model of singing dancing training their talents from young training their talents from young acting variety shows so, mm-hmm. and there was also this concept of the bishonen, the me shaonian, or yeah, the pretty boy, boy yes. the flower boy, like, like me. So, well, Not well, me. Oh. <laughs> all right, all right. Slow down. I was just like teasing. Yeah. that was a rhetorical question. Okay, you don't I'm have sorry. to answer. I'm s- okay, I'm sorry. Thank yes, you. you, of course, Sam. Of, of course, me after me too, so so yeah. <laughs> yeah, Emma. yeah. Actually, yeah. So after me too, so kid. I don't Thanks. know how you would compare to Takuya Kimura, who <laughs> is basically the Gatsby guy or the man who defined. Do you guys remember Kimura? Yeah. 
do you remember Kimura Takuya? Basically, he was in all the ads. It's like, I can give you gasly. And then all the hands touching yeah. his face. Do you remember that yes, famous I mean, I, I wanted I to be one of those hand models touching his face, but <laughs> yeah. I know, so, yeah. He, he's like such a, such a poster boy right, of yeah, his generation. Yeah, yeah. So, yes. I mean, other than the fact that they invented the whole idea of the boy band that can do everything, that can sing, dance, act, variety programs, blah, 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 everything they want to hand in. Aside from that, as we said, they created the whole idea of the pretty boy lah. Like, mm. when so we look at... the boys who walked out of the animes. Yeah. For example, shonen and shoujo mangas. The mm-hmm. shoujo mangas targeted towards girls. They yeah. are the shoujo manga heroes. Meaning yeah, the, the romance big eyed, fair skinned, long haired romance leads. Yeah. So I mean those were the boys that we grew up with and K pop stars have copied that for years. Yeah, they have copied that for right, years. Right, right. Yeah. And actually the OG, I would say like all of those, you know, all these people are telling me, you know, how pretty V is. Look, V is damn pretty, okay? V from, from BTS. V yes. from BTS is very, very pretty. But the OG epitome of the Bishonen is Takizawa Hideaki. Who's that? Who's that? Takizawa Hideaki, Long Zhe Xiuming. He played this schoolboy who fell in love with his teacher in this show called Majo no Joken, which was famous because Yutada Hikaru sang his theme song, First Love. Come on, Cheryl, let's go. You were always gonna be my love, Itsuka. This song, okay? Like, this famous, famous J- J-pop song was made famous because of the drama that he starred in. And he was so beautiful. He looked like a CG character. There yes. was a scene of him sitting under a sakura tree yes. with petals descending from the sky. And then just around him, he was being surrounded by Swirling the around him. Yes, he's, he's really beautiful. And other than Takizawa, we talk about Kimura Takuya as well. And hello, Kimura Takuya's hairstyle was basically copied by all Asian stars for like around a decade or so. Because he had this basically, very famous... Basically, Rain had the same hairstyle. Rain had the same long, hairstyle. Wavy, this long hair. Yeah. Didn't mm. Jerry Yen have the same hairstyle? Jerry Yen had, had the same hairstyle. hairstyle. Show Luo had the same hairstyle. Song Seung-hyun in Summer Scent. Song Seung-hyun in Summer Scent. He also had the same hairstyle. The long brown dyed hair, shoulder length hair. And Kimura Takuya basically popularized in all of these big 90s dramas like Long Vacation, Love Generation, um, Beautiful, Beautiful Life. Life yeah. yeah, so he was really good looking in all of those. Yeah. Okay, would you like some tissue? No. To wipe not your tears but your saliva? <laughs> no. no. Okay, I don't just want checking. Any. Just checking. Alright. <laughs> I mean, but basically, that's the idea. Like, they created the whole idea of the pretty boy and it has been used for generations, you know, in Asian entertainment. Right. And speaking of Asian entertainment, right, like J pop's influence didn't just, uh, we talked a little bit about it, but J pop's influence like, extends way beyond Japan. You yes. know, even though they're super popular domestically and, like, you know, sometimes you need like a Japanese address to be part of the fan club. But their influence really like extends far and yes, beyond, yes. right? Can you tell us more about it? So, this has something to do with history, la, okay? Post-war Japan actually experienced an economic miracle, right? So they became very, very wealthy. And the fact that you are very wealthy gives you a good base to develop your entertainment industry. And J-pop like matured a lot earlier than other industries because of just the sort of history la, that was around at that time. When you look at like China, Taiwan, you know, they were going through very tumultuous social change post-war. You know, China had a cultural revolution. Taiwan was technically under military dictatorship. The Koreas had a war. South Korea was also under military dictatorship for a long time. Then North Korea basically went behind a wall and said, we are not interacting with the rest of the world. 
and Southeast Asia, India, all had struggles with like poverty, even up till now, you know, this region is not particularly comparatively not as well off and not as fully developed. So uh, when your region is facing such problems, you cannot spend so much time on like boy bands or like music and art, you know, all those things come when you have a fairly, all those things can truly develop and be very vibrant when you have a fairly stable political landscape and a fairly uh, stable economic landscape. And that's what Japan had very early on, which is why they had so much time and so much ability to develop their entertainment industry. I see. There was Hong Kong pop that was beyond the 90s pop band. But it was a bit later than that. Yeah, so it was in the 80s and the 90s. Theresa Ting, Andy Lau, Beyond, yeah, Aaron Kwok. So mm-hmm. that but, was the 90s in Hong Kong. But but even then, right, like we look at Teresa Tang, Deng Lijun, she actually developed her career in China, in Japan. Like she took a big chunk of her time out to go to Japan to promote herself, to promote Japanese versions of a song, Wo Zhi Zai Hu Ni. Yeah, one of her yeah. most famous songs ever. Mm-hmm, her classic was song. One of her classic is in Japanese. Guess what? There's a Japanese version of that. Sing it, sing oh, yeah, it for yeah, us. Yeah, that's the Japanese version of it. Yeah, so I feel like everything sounds cute in Japanese. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. It's partly your voice also, like Jen. maybe la. Because I <laughs> no, you have to change your voice. Like must stay a bit, right? Must stay a bit. It's la, a bit higher tone as well. Like, it's higher tone. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a little higher tone. Yeah. <laughs> okay, by the way, Cheryl and Jen both speak Japanese. Yeah? A little bit. She I speak I Japanese speak. Uh, yeah, yeah, I speak Japanese. Yeah. Jen is just fluent right now. I'm She's not just that like, fluent, but just yes. like this is such low level conversation we're having, guys. Stop. I am not that kind of person. But yes, it is a low level conversation we're having. <laughs> no, but anyway, I'm just saying, you know, like Teresa Tang, she also went to Japan to promote her album, you know, so that shows how much Japan was an important market to them. And also, when you look at when we were talking about Xiao Hu Tui, Little Tigers just now, their very first single was adapted from a Shonen Tai song. So they used the same melody but changed the lyrics to Chinese. I mean, other than Teresa Tang, you know, other songs like Southern All Stars had a song called Man Natsu no Kajitsu which Zhang Xueyou sang in both Cantonese and Chinese as 每天爱你多一些. So that song goes like, 因为我要听,在要听,在要听,在要听,在要听,在要听,在要听,在要听,在要听,在要听, I cannot, yeah. I cannot sing <laughs> Cantonese. We Cantonese, yeah. but I can't sing Cantonese. Yeah, I cannot sing Cantonese. I'm Teochew, sorry, I cannot sing Cantonese. So, and even like other stars, like right now, Jolin Sai has openly said that her idol is Namie Amuro. And she mm. modeled a lot of her dance pop, you know, on a lot of the Namie Amuro stuff in the 90s which was all like, wow, short skirts, you know, thigh-high boots, that kind of thing. Right. So it's really had quite a big impact la, yeah, on... The J-pop wave really set a standard, for, set a standard know, for that yeah. era and for the other e- uh, the next few eras to come. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, And we're still seeing the influence in many of our idols today. Yeah, so yeah. many of them have been inspired by Japanese idols like Utada Hikaru, for example. She's a singer-songwriter. She's seen a sort of um, big resurgence in fame because she sang the theme song to this PlayStation game called Kingdom Hearts 3. And she's been working with the game for a long time but I think her, her new song Chikai really brought her to new waves of international fame la. and that's great la, I mean for her and you know Utada Hikaru also inspired quite a lot of people to start writing their own music because she wrote her own music and she was this big star who you know sang on stage alone solo artist and she was very inspiring I think she was a Tanya Chua of Japan a little bit a little bit a like little bit. that did she yeah. inspire you to write no I can't, clearly cannot write any no? songs of mine 
I mean, aside from all the other people that I've talked about, you know, Cheryl's favorite artist, Ayumi Hamasaki, we haven't even gotten to how huge a star she was. Tell us a little bit about her. Well, Ayumi was known as the Empress of Pop in Mm -hmm, Japan, and mm -hmm. rightfully so. But one of her years has already gone deaf, Mm. and another is going as well. So, I mean, J-pop is a dying art as well. (laughs) You could say Mm. that with one of the biggest queens Mm, she her. was really a queen. Yeah. Mm. We so, haven't had a dance pop queen since her and Nami Amuro. Yeah. I mean, mm. yes, and other countries can try to compete, <laughs> mm-hmm. like Boa in Korea. Mm-hmm. Who, she's come close, but not as not big. as big as yeah, Ayumi. I mean, yeah. Ayumi had stadium tours in Japan mm-hmm. where people would turn up. It was like a cult, actually. <laughs> the people would turn up, like wave their hands, and it was just and they would dress up like her. Yeah. Dressed up like her. Yeah. She started fashion trends with low-waisted jeans. Yes. Oh my god, I remember that. Jeans, <laughs> bandanas around her head. Apple bottom jeans. Yeah, she, <laughs> she was a fashion the queen as well. So, yeah, Ayumi was one of my top favorites. Yeah, and she uh, inspired a lot of like hair dye trends. You know, like last time, like I think up till now, if you go to Singaporean hair salons, mm. there will still be photos of Ayumi Hamasaki yes, in like yes. silver or blue she hair. She was or blonde. Something. She had pink hair at some pink point. Blonde. Yeah. Bluish yes, at one bluish point, definitely yeah. greenish. And she could pull it off. She could pull it off. She could definitely pull it off. I mean, yes. Yeah, with her huge rare. eyes and her she had this huge coloured contact. Yeah, and coloured contact. She really yeah. looked like a manga character. La. She really did, yeah. yeah. And she really was a, she's a queen, you know. I think mm. there's no denying that she's a queen. Yeah, um, so it's sad to hear what's happening to it, yes. But I really hope that she mm. keeps making music. She did say that she wants to keep performing and keep making music. So really, really hope that she can ride through this tough time in her life. La. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Alright, so anyway, two of you have really inspired me. I don't listen to J-pop at all, but if mm. I want to get started, where do I begin? Okay, uh, I go first? Okay, yeah, sure. so for me, definitely, I mean, Arashi is like the love of my life. So I would tell you to go listen to Arashi, <laughs> but I don't think you're a big boy band fan. So if I you're could not, be, la, depending on who. Arashi's yeah. um, entire love album is great. You know, I love that album. But I'm very curious now because I found out that one of their members, Nino Mia, was in Kasunari, Letters, yeah. yeah, were in two movies that I love, like Killing for Prosecution, a Japanese film, where he starred with uh, Kimura Takuya and, and that Letters of Iwo Jima, Clint Eastwood's yes. Letters of Iwo Jima. Clint he was Eastwood, private he was, psycho. He was I had the no baker idea. boy, yes. Yeah, I had no yeah. idea he was there. He's a great actor. He, he, really he is, is, he is. Yeah. He's really good. I didn't know that he was a boy band member. Yeah, they're so big in Japan, right? So talented. Yeah. Huh? But so you can go check out Arashi's love album my favourite album of all time of theirs and again you know Utada Hikaru really just go check out Utada Hikaru my favourite song of hers I think has to be Hanata Bao Kimie but other people love a lot of other songs lah. she has like First Love Flavor of Life you know all that's great and also recently I like Yonezu Kenshi he sang Lemon which has over 300 million views on YouTube right now so he's a pretty big star go how check does him Lemon out. sound? Da 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 I cannot I'm just testing you. I wanna I'm like this is the most song sung in the podcast. BTS's John Cook covered it at a concert recently and he sang the whole song a cappella, which everyone should go and check out. Yeah, he sang Lemon a cappella. BTS fans like me should go and check out John Cook's cover of Lemon. And also Yonezu Kenshi's original, thank you. So yep. again, a lot of referencing J-pop idols as well. Mm-hmm. Uh. So what about you, Cheryl? What's your favourite? Yeah, Cheryl. I mean, one of my all-time favourites is Saru Genseki's Shiroi Kumo no Yoni, which is like... Like a white cloud. 
da 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 Basically, it's like that lah. Okay, so okay. everyone should go and check it out and sounds not listen very, to my terrible singing. Very, but sounds <laughs> very melodic. So I think yeah. you, you sold it quite well. Thank yeah, you. Uh, <laughs> yes. quite well. I just need to get the spelling from you later. Yes. I can search them And up. I mean, if you're looking for more modern J-pop, you can check out Kyari Pamu Pamu. Oh! Uh, she sang Pon Pon Pon, which is a crazy psychedelic yeah. song. It's she's like candy psychedelic pop. Yeah, yeah. she's she's, crazy. she's beautiful. Yeah. And she is beautiful, yeah. And one of my all-time favourites is actually Butterfly by the late Koji Wada. Oh, um, okay. It was the Digimon theme song. <gasps> oh. Digimon! And Yes! Oh my god! We grew up with that and it's, yeah, a, I did it's a big part of that. my childhood. So. Yes, like, yeah. oh, I forgot that he died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, Jen is even more fat. <laughs> yeah. Cancer, cancer. So, oh my yeah, god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the Digimon team song. Digimon mm. always had the best. Compared, Digimon, Pokemon had better games, Digimon had a better TV series. Yes, yeah. yes. Actually, you're right, you know, Cheryl. Come think of it, like, all these people are, like, dying, going deaf, everything. Like, it is a dying art, huh? J-pop? Yes. I'm I mean, kind of sad that I didn't it's, it's listen shifting, to J-pop when it was at its peak. It's a shifting generation, I think. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And but, now we have new groups, like AKB48, mm-hmm. which is another story for another day. Uh, let's not <laughs> so, go there. Yeah, I mean, J-pop has changed and as we grow up, our favourite artists die or go there. Go on hiatus, leave the spotlight, you know. Takizawa Hideaki, for example, has retired. Yeah, yeah. it's all a part of growing up, I guess. Yeah, Yeah. depressing. So catch them in concert or anything while you can, right? I will, I will try, I will try. Oh my god. You must and may J-pop live on. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for coming to our podcast today. (laughs) Thanks for sharing, Cheryl. I really learned a lot. I hope we didn't end on too sad a note. That was a little bit nostalgic right there. A little bit melancholic there. But that's I think your... That's the great thing about music. It will live on. It will live on. You know, it will live on all of us. People yes. may die, retire, whatever. But when you play the mm. track and you just get transported back to that yeah. time of nostalgia. I mean, I'm looking at two of you just yeah. gush in front of me for the past, what, mm. few minutes. Mm. And I'm so inspired. Yeah, I mean, for example... As you mentioned, all the music that lives on in us, Let It Be by Beatles, even though John Lennon has passed away, you know, that's still a beloved favourite lah for all of us. So, you know, I'm going to remember all of the Arashi and J-pop songs I love so much, even when I'm old. I'm very glad that they stay with me for as long as they have. So, thank you everyone for listening to our cartoon voices. <laughs> and futile attempts at singing. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you all did quite well. That's just, yeah. You all did quite well. You are pretty much on tune, I, ho- I hope. Yeah, uh, yeah, will Johnny's hire me? I mean, <laughs> yeah, woman, you're not boys, so, so probably not. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but thank you, everyone. Um, that's your dose of pop culture for this week. If you have any ideas what we should talk about, leave a comment or email us at podcast at sph.com.sg. All right, if you guys have some time on your hands, listen to our previous two pilot episodes as well on the history and evolution of K pop, as well as the tricks that people get up to in order to win an Oscar. Yeah, and in the meantime, she's Jen, he's Sam Joe, and she's. Cheryl Tay. Thanks guys for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. And this, and this was, was Pop Vouchers. Sayonara. Chane. Gosecho arigato gozaimashita. That was an SPH podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and streaming on Google Home. Do send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightstimes.com and bt.sg